and uh, we're back with another Empire of the Cop uh, pod, an emergency pod, uh, really, because um, the news has come out that Liverpool um, basically virtually finalised uh, a deal for Alexis uh, McAllister here. And we, we've got Birmingham World reporter and Brighton content creator Charlie Haffenden uh, with us here today to break it all down and, and react to the to the news. Uh, sad news, really, uh, for, for Brighton and Hove. Albin, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, 35 million, as I said, is the, is the reported fee that Liverpool will fork out. But, you know, we, we, we've seen anywhere upwards of 60, 70 million reported by some reliable outlets. Um, I, I just want to get your reaction firstly to sort of hearing the news. Yeah, it's totally confusing, really, in terms of the fee, but it, it seems like at the moment it is going to be that 35 million, as Fabrizio Romano has been saying, which, to be honest, is nowhere near enough for a player of his calibre. He's such a great player for Brighton and being a World Cup winner as well, that's going to increase his value. It's just unfortunate that his new deal was signed before he went off to the World Cup with Argentina. No one would have known he would have gone on to become a winner of the competition. It did look fairly likely, yes, but no one would have thought he'd be so crucial to the team that did win it. Um, so, of course, his value was going to go up after that, but the clause was already in the contract. There's nothing Brighton can really do about it. I don't know personally the exact figure about it. I'd heard murmurs that it was less than kind of 45 million that have been reported. Otherwise, 55, 60 elsewhere. So I knew it was going to be quite low, but 35 million, come on now. But that's such a bargain for Liverpool. And it's gutting for me as a Brighton fan and content creator to see that fee happen, really. No, I mean, it's. what's your impression around this? Because I think, as I said, we were all sort of expecting, I think I personally, I think, we, you know, I think we've got away with a daylight robbery here. You know, he's worth well upwards of £60 million, I think, especially for a 24-year-old player. Do you get the impression... Because so many reliable sort of reporters and outlets will way off the mark if Romano's figure is, is indeed 100% accurate. Do you get the impression that sort of Brighton were, I don't want to say embarrassed by it, but sort of wanted to sort of keep it a bit hush-hush, given you know, the, the quality of the player that is sort of leaving the Amex? Well, it's highly unusual because Tony Bloom and Paul Barber and the likes are always so good at getting the best deals out of every transfer. You've seen that over recent years with even the Andrew Trossard going for about 25 million. That was pretty good considering he didn't have long left on his contract. Uh, Mark Kukurea, of course, going to Chelsea for 62 million. Ben White for 50 to Arsenal. And Basuma, also nearing the end of his contract, was about 30 million after add-ons. To then lose McAllister for 35 when he's arguably the most valuable of the lot. It's quite confusing, and I can see why people are, are not believing the figures that are coming out. Um, I don't know 100%. I've not personally been told by either side exactly what the figure is, but just kind of weighing up now and how Fabrizio Romano has been on the ball with absolutely everything with it, I would probably lean towards the fact that that is true, which is such a shame. As you say, it's probably 60, 70, 80 million that he's actually worth. So to get him for a snip of that, uh, you could sell him on in a couple of years for that, that sort of thing and have had a good use out of him. I don't think you will. I think he'll stay and I think he'll excel and he'll do brilliantly and, and be part of your midfield for years to come. But it just shows how good a deal it is really and quite unusual, as I say, for Bloom to, to be in that position. What's your view sort of from inside Albion and the fan base? Have you, have you had a chance to sort of test the atmosphere? I, I imagine everyone's sort of pretty... Rocked by it. I think Brighton, I mean, from what I've seen online, I think Brighton fans have, have, have taken it pretty well. You know, they, they've sort of wished him the best of luck, you know, sort of going forward. He's, he's been a brilliant servant for the club. 
Yeah, I, I think in terms of him leaving, everyone's giving their best wishes. It's very rare to see any Brighton fans upset about McAllister, uh, at McAllister rather, for going, because you can't blame him. I know that Liverpool are going to be in the same competitions as Brighton next season, but much bigger club, more money available, the prospects of potentially being in a title race. they won't. He won't have that at Brighton, unfortunately. As much as I wish that would be the case, it just isn't. So you can understand the move. And he's been very respectful about it as well. I think that's what's so key here. The likes of Kukurea, Basuma, they didn't really say their farewells in a very good manner. Kukurea especially made it out as if he was really happy and was going to continue. Two days later, he was in a Chelsea shirt. McAllister, he was crying away at Aston Villa on the final day. You could see how much it meant to him to be at Brighton. But it's the time for him to move on. He has won the World Cup now. No Brighton player had ever even reached a quarter-final of the World Cup. It just shows what the magnitude of what he achieved compared to the size of Brighton as a football club. And We can't blame him. It's just that fee that people are annoyed about. There's a lot of frustration as to how low it is. Hopefully there is more clarity. I wish that the clubs would disclose it. It will end up being undisclosed. You just know it for respect for both parties. Um, but no, that's kind of the general feel. Lovely stuff. I, I mean, yeah, no, I, think, I think as well, you, you mentioned sort of how far he's come, but I think it also shows as well sort of how far Brighton, you know, have come. I, I remember at the start of the season, you know, you even had sort of their pundits, Graham Zunes sort of, appearing to sort of make fun of the appointment of Roberto de Zabi and, you know, what he's done sort of building on the work uh, from Potter has been nothing short of tremendous, you know, especially your recruitment team, you know, rightly considered arguably the best in the league at the moment, really, you know, the quality you just keep managing to find. Um, I hate to dig the knife in, but obviously from a Liverpool perspective, you know, we're thrilled, you know, as you've rightly mentioned, he's a World Cup winner. He's helped Brighton achieve uh, European football for the first time. Seems a, a genuinely sort of lovely guy, and I, I really wanted to get your perspective on what Liverpool fans can expect from not just simply his character, but also his sort of playing capabilities. A lot you can expect from McAllister. He just offers so much, and it's I would say versatile. Maybe not in terms of actual positions as such, because he's not a winger, he's not a striker, but. In terms of the central midfield roles, he's versatile in that because he can be a 10, an 8 or a 6. You can push him probably just behind the strike. He can get away with that. I think his best position based on his attributes is probably as a 6 or an 8. What worked so well at Brighton was how he was alongside Moises Caicedo, who another player who will probably see a huge transfer fee for, or at least a lot bigger than the McAllister one. He allowed McAllister to have freedom on the ball and pick out the right passes, get beyond the press, because Caicedo did so well at mopping up um, lost possession and winning the ball back for Albion. That allowed McAllister to thrive because his best attributes are picking the right pass, getting beyond that press, um, being able to hold on to the ball and keep possession when players are pressing him. He's got one of the best stats in the whole Premier League for that. And also just progressing with it, getting onto the edge of the area, getting to the right positions, taking on shots from range, delivering from set pieces. He's got plenty to shout about, has McAllister. Um, but what's really made him shine is the Moises Caicedo aspect. And I'm not sure if Fabinho is really going to be the same for McAllister. A lot slower, hasn't got the same attributes as Caicedo has. Could that hinder McAllister potentially? I'm not sure. It's, it's an interesting point. Obviously, we'll have to see uh, where Liverpool's business uh, takes them next. You know, we see Manu Kone, uh, Catherine Turan, uh, both both linked. 
Um, I believe that Kone is more of a sort of defensively minded midfielder as well. Uh, but you also got to, I suppose, consider the impact of Trent's sort of inverted role, which effectively squeezes the space and certainly improved Fabinho's performances towards the tail end of uh, at the prior season. Um, I'm curious as well what the plan is for Brighton sort of going forward. You've obviously, you know, you bought work really well sort of recently in the middle of the park. You've acquired Billy Gilmore, uh, Fecundo, uh, Buonanotte, uh, Yassin Ayari uh, from Sweden. Uh, do you get the impression uh, Brighton will be sort of eyeing up a direct replacement or would it be more the case of developing those talents and giving them the game time? Well, we always thought with Basuma, oh dear, what we're going to do when he left in Kukurea. Kukurea, we signed Pervis Stupinian. That was put in place because we didn't have the options existing at the club. But Caicedo stepped in immediately for Basuma. And at the time, he'd been linked to Man United before he signed for Brighton. So he was kind of known in Manchester. But elsewhere, no one really knew who he was. And he took a while to get going. But he was eventually that replacement. I have a sneaky feeling we might just have someone already there for us. We've seen glimpses of Buonanotte. Ayari's come off the bench a couple of times, had a start against Aston Villa at the end of the season as well. They're not ready-made replacements, but give them a full pre-season under Roberto De Zerbi. Bring in the likes of Dahoud, who's going to sign from Dortmund, James Milner as well. The experienced players around them, Adam Lalana is one of those. Then you can really nurture the group that are already there. So I, I don't even know if they'll be signing anyone as a direct re- replacement for McAllister. Gilmore has stepped in well. Deserve spoken about how impressed he's, he's been with Gilmore's performances. And the young options I've already mentioned are already at the club. So plenty of depth there. I'd love to see us bring in a, a huge signing for the fee similar to McAllister's. Do I see it happening? I'm not too sure, really. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. And just to, just lastly, I suppose, just to finalise everything, um, what, what what are you expecting from, from McAllister at Liverpool? You know, you've rightly mentioned um, the, the dynamic with Fabinho could be an issue. We'll, we'll have to see, obviously, pending Liverpool transfers uh, for the rest of the summer. We know Liverpool want to kind of revamp the midfield. Plenty of reliable sort of outlets have said, you know, at least two midfielders. I'm, I kind of hope we'll see... two more beyond uh, McAllister. Uh, You're expecting him to be a success at Anfield? Definitely. I just think the way he's adapted wherever he's been has been fantastic. He didn't even get a work permit at Brighton until just before lockdown. It took a while. He was having to be loaned out to Boca Juniors. I mean, there's worse places to be loaned to in your home country, a huge club. But he adapted to that well, to those challenges. Then came in, took a while to get going at Brighton. Didn't quite have the physicality for it, but then picked up the pace, got some more stamina, and it worked really well. I think he's just going to continue improving. Uh, He's not the finished product yet. Even if he was, if he just stayed how he is now and plateaued, he'd be fantastic for you. But the fact he's still just 24 years of age, he's not played in European competitions yet. He's not even been in the Premier League that long, really. He's just had his best goal-scoring season. I think he'll start to get more assists as well because he's got high quality in front of him. Brighton, they did improve with their goal scoring in regards to expected goals. But having the likes of Mohamed Salah and Cody Gakpo and, and the likes up top, Diego Jota, you've got so many options. He's going to get plenty of assists to his name as well. So I hope he's a success. A lot of fans are like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to see him do that well, because it, it hurts. But I just want to see the, the Brighton boys doing as well as possible at their new clubs. Well, yeah, no, we'll, we'll certainly be very excited to see, you know, June 14th, hopefully a few more names sort of coming in at Liverpool's way. And we certainly will hope uh, Brighton sort of keep up their upward momentum into the next season. You know, first camp- campaign in Europe will be uh, be very exciting, both in the same competition. 
Um, and yeah, well, you've heard it here first uh, from Brighton content creator, Birmingham World reporter, Charlie Hafferton with the Empire of the Cop podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today.